Hello, and welcome to the PixiePearls.com podcast, episode 15, Wake Up. Hey everyone, long time no podcast. Um, I just want to get back with it. I want to wake up, I want to get back in the groove, no more whining, and I'm getting straight to it this week. I have a blog spotlight, a knitting controversy update, as well as two new knitting controversies. And then I have an interesting article for the techno geeks out there about how to copyright knitting patterns and if they're considered data. After that, I'll talk about what patterns I'm currently knitting and what is going on with me. All right, let's get the super geeky stuff out of the way. I found a really cool article and I have absolutely no idea how I found this because it was a very long time ago. And it's at O'Reilly.com, and those of you who are computer geeks will recognize the name O'Reilly because they write a lot of the books that we read, a lot of the HTML books, JavaScript books, and all those code languages and all that kind of crazy stuff. And they had a very interesting article on their website called Court Finds Sewing Patterns Are Data, Not Code. And I'll read a little bit of an excerpt from it, and then I'll put the link up at podcast.pixiepearls.com. Starts out like this. It was written August 31st. I'm not sure that they have the right of it. A sewing pattern is, in many ways, a program, especially as it is expressed as instructions for an electronic sewing machine. But it's good news for makers anyway that a court has found the opposite, that a pattern is data, not programming. Under copyright's first sale doctrine, nobody can stop you from revealing or renting out copyrighted material like books and movies that you've legally acquired, but with the 1990 Computer Software Rental Amendment Act, Congress carved out an exception for computer programs, prohibiting anyone from renting, leasing, or lending them without permission of the copyright holder. So the case turned on whether action tapes electronically stored embroidered designs are computer programs or not. It's an interesting question. The statute defines a program as a set of statements or instructions to be used directly or indirectly in a computer to bring about a certain result. The action tapes cartridges contain code that tells computerized sewing machines how to stitch the embroidery pattern. In essence, the plaintiff wrote in an appellate brief, the memory card tells the machine what to do. Of course, the discs I rent from the video store tell my DVD player, certainly as much as a computer as a sewing machine, what to do. At the very least, what to display on my TV. Data doesn't become a program just because a computer interprets it and takes an action based on what it reads. I say if it's not written in the language that's Turing complete, it's not a program. The judge who heard the action tapes case applied her own analysis and concluded that real computer programs are interactive. She dismissed action tapes complaint. Today, the U.S. 8th Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the decision. They have a link to the PDF. Though on different grounds, it seems action tapes couldn't prove it properly registered the embroidery code as software with the U.S. Copyright Office. An interesting debate whether a pattern for making a thing is a program, but perhaps more interesting in the short term is what this brouhaha tells us about the way that real and virtual are increasingly on a collision course. Up until now, most intellectual property issues have been about stuff that politely says intangible or stays intangible. But as we get into building more and more programs that make stuff, intellectual property discussions are going to enter more and more aspects of our lives. While not directly related to knitting patterns, I thought it was an interesting topic of conversation to get us thinking. 
because for me, when I got the simple knitted bodice, which I still have to do the sleeves to, but that will come later, it has a password on the PDF file. And now I have to open up a different PDF to have the password to open the other PDF. And that really frustrated me because I feel like if I bought it, it does not need to be password protected. I should choose whether or not it's password protected. That's not directly related, but you know, the whole idea of patterns being digital, PDF downloads versus printed and how you treat it after that, I thought that would drum up some interesting conversation and be something interesting to listen to. I have had a lot of you who have emailed me in the last month tell me that you listen to me while you're working out or you're running. And I thought that was really funny because I always wondered what people are doing while they're listening to me. And you can email me, pixie at pixiepearls.com, P-I-X-I-E at P-I-X-I-E-P-U-R-L-S.com if you'd like to tell me what you do while you listen to my podcast. All right, on to the next topic, my ongoing saga of knitting controversies, which seems to have exploded recently because all the podcasts were covering a very recent knitting controversy, very close to my heart because I just mentioned the Simple Knitted Bodice pattern. And I also run the Simple Knitted Bodice Cal at simpleknittedbodice.blogspot.com. And I was over at the Sexy Knitters Club, which um, is knitting that same exact pattern right now in their current um, go at it. You know, they change every couple months. And at sexyknittersclub.blogspot.com. I've highlighted them before. I was there um, a month ago, um, and there was a couple weeks ago. And there was a really interesting posting on there from Love to Knit 46. And it was on September 15th. And they were angry because they found out that Sarah's Yarn, who is one of these awesome little online vendors that basically offers the Tilly Thomas for 30% off, Basically, I mean, it's a huge discount. So when a, a ball would be, a skein would be $30, it's 20 on her site. And she got this cease and desist order. And I won't get too much into it. I'll give you a quick rundown in case you don't listen to the other podcasts. But basically, Sarah's Yarns, who sells the Tilly Thomas yarn at that discounted price um, because she's a good accountant, got yelled at by Tilly Thomas and they refused to ship to her. But the latest is, the latest I read is that Tilly Thomas is going to start shipping to her again if she wants. I don't know if that's a rumor or not. I was reading on a couple blogs and I saw that update and I was very, very curious about if Sarah was going to start buying it again or not. And Sarah's Yarns is at sarahsyarns.blogspot.com. Again, I'll link to all this at podcast.pixiepearls.com in the show notes. But basically, um, she put a stand. She put her feet down and she said, you know what? If Tilly Thomas is going to be like this with me, I'm going to I'm gonna yell out to the world and I'm going to say how I feel. And every podcast was covering it. All the blogs were covering it. It was pretty crazy. So you can research that yourself if you're interested. I'll move on to my other knitting controversies. The next one relates to the most recent release of Knitty. And it is on a blog that I have been reading for a while called S Knitty typepad.com and it says tales of a sometimes cantankerous knitter and on september 11 2006 she posted a very cool blog um, entry and i just thought it was really awesome that she spoke up about it because i think sometimes people are afraid to say certain things and i love nitty i know most of my listeners probably know nitty nitty.com 
K-N-I-T-T-Y.com. If you're not familiar with it, it is a wonderful website for free patterns, and it's been around for ages, and it's a cornerstone of free online knitting patterns. It's just wonderful. But I do think it is important that when we see something weird or that we feel upset about that we don't think is appropriate that we say something about it. I'm not a very good writer, so I don't tend to like to do that, but I'll read you a little bit um, from her blog post. She says, as many of you have no doubt heard, the fall nitty is out. On the whole, I really like the issue, not because every pattern is one I must stop what I'm doing and cast on right now, but because it's a difficult, if it's a, because it's a range of items in different styles and varying degrees of difficulty. Way to go, Amy. It's been fun to read reviews today, and there seem to be some standouts that I really liked as well. But I have to ask one burning question. Why did Nitty sell out? And then she has a photograph um, from one of the, the main patterns. And she says, Not only is the cover designed by a major published knitwear designer, Seuss Cousins, it's in her own expensive yarn and for an extra scoop of annoying and gratuitous, please note the product placement in the window, which is the book Hollywood Knits. And the kicker, when the nitty page loads, the name of this image in the code before it loads, Nitty loves Seuss. I kid you not. Now, I've thought all day about this and had some online and private conversation with Affinity Laura, too, and I'm not sure who that is. I had such a strong emotional reaction to this that I needed to sort out what exactly bothered me. And if you, and I'm not going to read too much more of it, but all the links are there to the Laura and, and a bunch of different stuff that you can check out, and it's got the photograph. And a little bit more of what she says. Let me attempt to be succinct. Emphasis on the try. These are not one, but three designs using yarn produced or sold by the designer, Vika by Seuss Cousins, Lucy by A.L.D. Souvetier, and Tamara by Irish Schreier. Let me back up by saying I'm not all that offended by De Souvetier's inclusion because she's a small indie yarn producer and her pattern description doesn't go on ad nauseum. So I'm not going to get too much more into that, but basically she's saying that Nitty is for indie designers and not for big, well-known um, designers of yarn, and it's also not a way for you to pimp your wares. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a great posting. I will put the link up, of course, and it's it's a nice long entry with loads of comments, so just go read it. I don't think I did it justice there, but you can go check it out. Let's see, how does she end it? She says, and the pictures can't see the sweater for all the hair and the bending over. Also, I don't remotely see how this sweater is a Victorian inspiration, but I am no fashion diva, I can tell you. And finally, last but not least, it's the cover. Not remotely the nicest or most unique pattern in my opinion, and it's the cover. So she was shocked because this was getting all this attention. It was right on the cover, and it was kind of pimping some expensive yarn and books. And I'm not saying it correctly, but who cares? So go check it out. <laughs> all right. The next yarn controversy is an update. This one's really cool because I had highlighted it like a month ago and I hadn't really heard much about it on the blog sphere and I thought it was really interesting when this got um, a big to-do around it. But if you remember a couple podcasts ago, I did the podcast about how there was a big question on Knitter's Review about Cashmerino Aaron and Cashmerino DK from Debbie Bliss and some Noro yarns if they really had cashmere in them because someone had tested them and said that they did not have the cashmere in them. Well now, a company called the Knit With Yarn Shop 
had a 2006 yarn recall and is actually, I think, returning money for anyone who brings these yarns. And it says, the knit with is deeply disappointed and very embarrassed to inform our community of hand knitters that yarns for which our customers have paid premium prices based upon a claimed content of cashmere, a premium fiber, have been found following scientific testing to have not be premium products after all because they were improperly labeled as having a premium fiber content. Past sales of the improperly labeled yarn are being recalled. The affected yarns are six in number as follows. Debbie Bliss Cashmerino Erin, Debbie Bliss Cashmerino Baby, KFI Cashmerino DK, Noro Amagi, Noro Kash Aroha, Noro Lotus. And um, it says we are reliably informed that other Bliss and Noro yarns never stocked by the Knitwith may also be mislabeled. So I will, again, of course, put the links to all this. And um, I, I don't know if it's confirmed for real. I mean, they're saying this company said that they did, and I covered all this before. And I'll put up the links again, and you can research it. But definitely think twice before you buy that yarn. But I, I don't know that, that Debbie Bliss has reacted because we haven't been seeing anything. And I think it will be interesting to see if any action is taken or if Debbie Bliss or Nuo do send out any kind of announcements now that it's getting a bit more stirred up and some yarn resellers are actually taking action based on what we are hearing. All right, last but certainly not least of the items on my agenda is a blog spotlight. And today's blog spotlight is called Starnit, and their web address is goshdarnit.blogspot.com. Gosh, D-A-R-N-K-N-I-T, blogspot.com. A couple weeks ago, I spotted these probably through another blog, linking around, surfing. The author of Darn It has these awesome mixed-media paintings that she has done. And I love, love, love them. And they are talking about how women are connected through knitting. And the feeling I get from these minimalistic, beautiful paintings is that the past and future... Women from his, history, women in our past, our mothers, our grandmothers, our great-great-great-great-grandmothers, as well as us today in the future, are connected to the women of the past through our art form. And she has two paintings side by side. The leftmost is a more um, historical-looking figure. The rightmost is a more modern woman, and the faces are faded out. And on the modern woman, the clothing and hair is a little bit, um, well, more modern. And they are knitting and then what she did that was really cool was she actually knitted some twine or yarn together and then she made it come out of the paintings so it looks like the women are physically knitting and they are connected despite the fact that the canvases are separate history and the future connected together through the knitting and the handiwork and these are for sale um i know that she does sell them and she had some on Etsy at one point. She might still have them, but she had, I think she said in her blog she had to take them down when she offers them at some show. But for right now, I think they are up on Etsy. And you can go check out her blog and see if you want to see her beautiful paintings. I just think they're gorgeous. I would like to buy one, but I don't think I can afford one right now. And that is it for my blog spotlight today. And now I am going to ramble and tell you guys all about what I have been up to for the last month why I have been feeling so down, or at least some of the reasons, and what I am going to be doing soon. So the last time I spoke to you guys, I, I was expressing how I had been feeling down in the dumps. Well, now I will reveal to you 
one of the reasons why. And maybe in a later podcast, I'll reveal the other reason, but that's not important right now. Basically, I didn't want to say this before because I'm just weird about that stuff, but my husband has been out of town for three months. Yes, I said three months. Now, he was coming home on the weekends, so he would come home on Friday nights around 10 p.m., and then he would leave Sunday morning. So basically, I had Saturday to spend with him. I've never had to deal with my husband being away for extended periods of time before, beyond like three or four days. And we've been married for about two and a half years, and we have two dogs, the second dog of which had never been left a home, home alone ever. She was raised with him here every day, and that was how she was potty trained and very, very spoiled. So basically, I was dealing with being extremely depressed because I was rushing home from work often and trying not to make my boss really pissed off. I was not able to go anywhere at night because I felt far too guilty after the dogs having been alone nine plus hours to come home and then leave again. That just, I don't know. I could Near the end, I, was, I would go out maybe once a week to dinner or something, but it just did not seem right. They hate being home alone. It's boring. I wouldn't want to be stuck here. You know what dogs do. They just sleep at the door waiting for you. And I'm not big time into exercise with my dogs, so it really, I didn't want it to affect them negatively because... I've never had destructive dogs because I feel that I give them a lot of attention. And I know some of you will disagree with me. You should run or walk your dog. But I encourage my dogs to run in the backyard as much as they want. And i am they're always with me. They are always in my bed. They are always walking with me wherever I go. And I'm always playing with them and encouraging them to play with each other with their toys. So since I'm not the type to go running or walk them, um, I really didn't want to come home and then leave again. So I was very depressed. Dealing with my husband being gone so much was very lonely and sometimes scary and I didn't really like it and I was just dry. I went through stages of the first stage was, oh, whatever, I'll get over this. The second stage was, wow, this really sucks and I hate it. The third stage was I'm kind of getting used to it, but now when you come home, we're going to argue more because we have so much we have to take care of in a short amount of time. And then the fifth stage was, I love you, I need you home, I'm over it. <laughs> so... It was only supposed to last two months, but it lasted three, of course. What doesn't? And my husband is a computer programmer, and so this is the first week he is home, and it's just so fun to come home after work and know he is here. And I have to tell you, it has been hard to focus at work because I'm like, ooh, Jesse's at home. I get to come home and see him. I just told you his name. I don't usually say his name. <laughs> I don't hide it on purpose. I just don't yell it around. So anyway, um, that's really funny, and I'm too lazy to edit this out. But, um, so I've been depressed because of that. That was a big thing, um, really getting me down. And I'm feeling better now, obviously, because he is here. And then I was also feeling better because, uh, when I last did my podcast and I kind of vented, I kind of felt better afterwards. So even though I was a little bit whiny, it was good for me. It was like therapy. And then my very good friend, Claudia, came and visited me. I think it Two or three times during that three-month period during the week, she would come to my house, and I, I'm sure I blogged about it, and the dogs, one time she brought Hermione, and they played, um, her, her, her Hermione played with Toby and Willow, my dogs, and that was really great, and I, I had a lot of fun doing that, and she was my savior on those weeks because it really helped distract me, and it also forced me to clean the house because 
near the last month, I have to tell you, I just was fed up with it all, and I wasn't wanting to clean anything anymore. I was, like, done of cleaning it all myself for two months, and him coming home on the weekend and not having time to really clean up anything, and he'd leave in a storm of a mess, and I'd be the one cleaning it up Monday and Tuesday and be annoyed and angry about it. So enough about that. Let me tell you what I have been up to for the last month. I cannot believe I haven't podcasted in that long. I feel really bad about it, but I guess it's kind of that end of the summer blues, beginning of the fall ramp up, because I'm imagining that when it gets cold out and we're all stuck inside and bored, I'll be podcasting quite more often, but I'm sure you guys understand. You're a wonderful audience. I love all the emails. I saw some really cool comments on iTunes. Um, I check there every couple months to see if I get any new reviews, and I had actually gotten two or three where previously it went a couple months without any, and they were really awesome, and I will tell you that those emails always motivate me to podcast more, so that's just a great motivator for me. Thank you, guys. So now, what have I been up to for the past month? I completely knitted the bodice of the simple knitted bodice, the body. I, I completed the body on the simple knitted bodice, and then I, and I did that in like a week. It was awesome. And then I had to do the sleeves and I had to order new needles and I simply have not picked it up since then because um, I kind of wanted to put it aside and start a baby sweater and I'm nearly done with that baby sweater. I have four more rows on the right side of the cardigan and then I will be able to add the hood and seam it together and then add the hood or whatever comes first. And I'm very excited about that baby sweater because the mom is due any day now and I'm almost done any day now and it's just perfect timing. And I know that she's really going to like it. And then I am going to Thaf, which is in Asheville, North Carolina on um, October 28th. It's that weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'm going to that with Claudia and a couple other of my Stitch and Bitch friends here in Georgia. And I don't want to take the Simple Knitted Bodice with me, so I think that's just kind of on hold. And we have all these members of the Knit Along, and I think it's fine because I need to save it up for a little bit later when the when the knitting knit along blog gets slow so I can kind of pump it up and get people thinking about it again and I worked a little bit on the sleeve of the split neck tee and I'm gonna tell you guys something I have an essential swipe sweater an essential stripe not essential swipe sweater that is a knit and tonic pattern that is missing one sleeve the other sleeve I screwed up and I need to rip so technically it's missing two sleeves. I have the original sweater that I first knit, Fitzgerald Noro, in Silk Garden, which is missing one-fourth of a sleeve and then has to be seamed. I have the Simple Knitted Bodice, which is missing sleeves. <laughs> Are you noticing a pattern? I have the Split Neck Tee in my Silky Tweed, which is a knitting pure and simple pattern. Uh, silky Wool, which is missing sleeves. And I think very, very soon... I'm going to take pictures of all these sweaters and do a nice blog post about it. And then I'm going to have a sleeve party where all I do is work on sleeves and finish all those sweaters because that is, what, four or five sweaters that I could be wearing this fall if I just finish the sleeves? <laughs> That's really exciting, except that I hate sleeves. And I think from now on I'm going to have to do something different, like... When I'm knitting in the round, get two needles, make sure I have two needles, and when I connect in the round and maybe knit a couple inches, instead of finishing the body, maybe work on a sleeve, maybe make myself finish one sleeve before I finish the body or something like that. Some kind of a trick 
that will make me finish the sleeves. In Blogland, I've seen it called Sleeve Island. I am stuck on Sleeve Island big time, you guys. And it's depressing because I could have so many FOs. And it's sad because I finish all the bodies of these sweaters, all this great work in like two weeks. So awesome. And then the sweater sits there for like three weeks. Please tell me how many of you are guilty of that. I think we should have UFO Day, where we all take pictures of each of our UFOs, not like the ones that you know you're going to rip, but the ones you genuinely would like to one day finish, and have UFO Day and have us all blog post all of our UFOs. I also think there needs to be an annual Flasher Fiber Stash Day, maybe the day after Flasher Knitting Stash, so that would be really frightening for the people who had knitting and Fiber stashes like me, to post two days in a row like that, people would think they're nuts and wonder why they have all that stuff. Because I know I wonder why I have all that stuff. Speaking of fiber and speaking of all that stuff, I sold my Lendrum spinning wheel. Yes, I did. I got back on that Lendrum when I got all revved back up with my spindle spinning when I had gone to niche, and I think I, I podcasted about this already. And the wheel just really wasn't doing it for me. And I spun up like three times on it. One time went well because it was that gorgeous Lux fiber that just can't go wrong. And then some other fiber that I wound up giving to Claudia because I just wasn't really happy with it. And she liked it, so I was like, yay for that. Somebody can enjoy it. And I started researching wheels. And then just, I don't know what happened. I was in Athens at that knitting store there, and I tried out the Joy. And I was like, you know what? I like it. I really like it. That's it. I'm doing it. So I decided to sell my Lendrum and I in passing mentioned it on some forums when I first got the Joy that I was thinking of getting the Joy, keeping it for a month, making sure I loved it and then selling the Lendrum in case for some reason I wound up hating the Joy because you really don't know with the wheel until you spin, take off the bobbin, ply, all that kind of stuff. So in passing, I mentioned that I was going to sell the Lundrum, and I had like three email offers. I even got in a full conversation with one girl on Knitter's Review and took pictures of the wheel for her. But Claudia had said to me, oh, you know, if you think you're going to sell it, let me know. And then I realized I really wanted to sell it before Christmas time, that I didn't want to wait because I thought that um, people would be going crazy around Christmas time, like in November, and it would be a really good time to sell it. So I was starting to ramp up and put pictures up. And she said, no, I'm pretty serious about buying that wheel. So I said, all right. So I told the girl at Knitter's Review, no, I think I had told her first. So I, I got to give it to her. And plus, I get nervous about shipping it. And I gave it to Claudia. And she said she wanted to buy it. But I said, look, you keep it for a week. Make sure you really love it. And she liked it. So she kept it. And she's doing really good on it. She is a natural. Now, what was fun about this was I got to teach someone how to spin, which is a first for me. Because I haven't even been spinning a year yet. I won't have been spinning a year until um, December 31st. Well, December 4th because it was right around my birthday. And um, I taught her and she did really well. And she took the Lundrum home and um, she named the wheel. What did she name the wheel? Esmeralda. She named her, her wheel Esmeralda. And I'll link to her blog so you can check out all her spinning progress. She is doing awesome. I'm sure she's turning red right now as I talk about her. Uh, but it's fun to be able to teach someone, and she's so sweet. Cause she's like, Pixie's my teacher. And I'm like, it's really cute. It's really fun. So I've enjoyed getting to teach her something because she's a brilliant knitter, and I'm always having her teach me things or help me. So I feel like I can give back to the relationship. 
So I got the joy. No more Lenny the Lindrum. Bye-bye. Um, I was not sad. It was a great wheel. Everyone loves that wheel. Everyone raves about that wheel. But it was just not the right wheel for me. And I think part of that was it wasn't easy to carry. I couldn't take it on a plane. And to me, the bobbins are very small. And if you're going to have a traveling wheel with small bobbins, it might as well be a traveling wheel with small bobbins like the Joy, which you can, I mean, it's tiny. It's so easy to carry. And it's just much more easier for me. However, the Lendrum has the option of the jumbo plying head and the lace flyer, which I'm sure I will miss eventually, and I hope Claudia gets them so maybe I can snag her wheel to ply on it. And um, what else was I going to tell you about the Joy? Oh, so the first thing I spun up on it was some Lux Semi-Solid Merino Superwash, Wash from Niche. And I just tore it in strips and did a nice loose worsted single ply that looked really pretty. Thrilled, 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 thrilled with it. I like the tension on it. It's kind of fiddly, but it, I mean, it's like barely there because with the rubber band tensions, I think it's a little bit more, it's stronger, the rubber band tension, but I, I don't know. I guess it depends what you're trying to spin or how, what method of spinning you're using. But next thing I knew, I was on a spinning crazy thing. I was buying tons of fiber. And then I offloaded some of my older stuff to Claudia because I had stuff I, you know, like yarn. When you first learn to knit, you get yarn and realize you don't want it or you don't like it. And I spun up tons of Shetland. I love Shetland. Shetland roving. Oh my gosh, I love Shetland. And I had I had emailed Heather McCloy trying to, I had to like track her down via all these other websites and emailing someone saying, do you have Heather McCloy's email? Because I wanted to ask her where she got the Shetland that we used at Plying the Arts because it was amazing. And I did find out where it was from, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I will give you my source, and I will put it um, in the show notes. And I just love that Shetland, and it's way better than the American. I did a really cool post on my blog. If you search for Shetland versus Shetland, I showed the two skeins um, prior to spinning and after spinning, and there's a huge difference in the fiber. So one is top, so it's been combed, and the other is roving, so that does make a difference. But it was very noily. The USA stuff just was just very, wasn't as happy with it. And I did travel with my joy. I took it to Virginia, so I went through the Atlanta airport and then through the Richmond airport, and I took my spindle and I took my joy. And I made it through security, and all was good. And one of the security guys said, oh, is that a violin or something? And I said, no, it's a spinning wheel. And he said, I've never seen one that small before. And I thought, wow, you've seen one before. <laughs> and then the girl at the machine made like three faces like, what in the heck is this? And the guy just said, oh, that's a spinning wheel. And they both just looked at it and smiled and that was it. And in Atlanta, the security guy didn't even bat an eyelash at it. I was shocked. So I was thrilled to have made it through security. I was really nervous about it. And I wound up making a comment to the yarn harlot on her blog because she just got a joy and she was talking about flying with it on a plane. And I wrote and told her um, that I was that I had just had that experience and she wrote me back. And I was in shock because I was like, whoa, the yarn harlot, she actually answered my comment because those people get like 60 comments. The big um, knitting blog authors, they get so many comments. I'm shocked when they respond to anybody. And I think it's so sweet when they do. And she said, do you think I could check it? I was like, oh my God, don't check your joy. Oh my gosh, I have seen what 
those airport people do. They throw your luggage. Okay, my luggage has rips in it. I would never, 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 never check your joy. Bad, bad idea. So I thought it was so funny she said that because I was like, what? No. Um, but that was really funny talking to her in email. I felt all like I was Miss Paparazzi. I was like, oh, I'm talking to the yarn harlot. Yes, we are all little girls inside, aren't we? <laughs> so let's see. What else have I been doing? I have been playing with the hand carter. Not going very well. And I am thinking about buying a carding, a strouch petite. And I know I'm pronouncing it right because I got to talk to one of the guys there. And it's called a strouch petite. And it is a economical drum carter. And I'm very seriously considered buying it. And once I wash that fleece I got. Ooh, I didn't tell you about the fleece I got. Well, I have a Romney fleece from Wauka Valley Farms here in Georgia, which is like a half an hour to an hour away from my house. And once I wash that fleece, I am going to take it to to SAF and I'm going to test it in the carter. And then if I like what happens, I'm going to buy the carter, I think. And it's the most economical carter out there, and it's small. I don't really need some huge thing in my house, but I'm just really big into spinning now. I love the raw fibers. I love the fleeces. I like getting the undyed stuff. I even bought a dye kit from HelloYarn.com. She's got these really cool little kits that come with a mask and everything, and you don't need anything. It's, like, all there for you. And I never thought I would wash a raw fleece. And I never thought I would dye yarn. I just always said that's too involved for me. But here I am, this crazy spinning woman. I just, I'm so into spinning right now, you guys. I'm sure you can tell. But my knitting has not suffered. I am enjoying the knitting. I mean, I knit that whole sweater. What was that? In September, I knit the split neck tee, nearly all of that sweater. And then in, I don't know, was it September or October? Beginning of October, the simple knitted bodice. Well, that cow started September 1st, so I knit that in September as well. So it seems to be August that has been more fiber-related. But September, I did a lot of knitting. And then, of course, the baby Cardi. So I, I really want to knit some socks. And I need to finish my King Charles Brocade socks. And I want to knit some just plain stockinette trekking socks to keep my toes warm. And I just really want to finish all those sweaters. I really want to finish those. I don't feel like... I should be starting any new sweater patterns until I finish all of those, or at least half of them, or at least one of them. <laughs> yeah, I need to finish something of those sleeves. And I'm really actually anxious to finish the Fitzgerald sweater. Oh, okay. So what I decided to do was take a couple of those sweaters missing sleeves to Las Vegas and to SAF. I'm going to Las Vegas for a week with my husband. He's going to speak at a conference, and I'm tagging along, and there will be portions of time where he's working quotes. I'm doing my fingers and little quotes right there. And um, he gets to go out Sunday horseback riding and walking and hiking. And I don't get to go because it's for his company only. How nice. You can tell I'm mad, can't you? And uh, I'm going to knit and I'm going to get a massage and I'm going to get my toes done. And I'm going to shop for a dress. That is my plan. And I might go use the quarter slot machines. Uh, my husband and I are both not really into gambling, but I do enjoy you know, taking 50 bucks over the week and kind of spending it on dollar or quarter slots just to gamble a little bit, have some fun. That's about the extent of it. And then um, we might go to dinner at the Rainbow Room one night. Um, my father has some photographs up on the wall. 
one day I will tell you all about that. I've been saving it for some good Father's Day or some good event to tell you guys about that. But um, he's a photographer. And uh, I'm going to go hopefully to the Rainbow Room and I'll have a, a cool blog post about that. And um, then I'm coming back at 5.30 a.m. on Friday and driving to Claudia's house. My husband's going to drop me off. And then four of us are going to drive up to Asheville, North Carolina to be at SAF. And SAF is like the Southeastern Southern Associate. I don't, I don't know. I'm too lazy to look it up. And it is a fiber festival, and it is going to have all kinds of cool stuff there. And I'm just looking forward to having fun with the girls because the Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival, I was only at for five hours, and I didn't get to hang out because I was not with a fiber-loving friend. And this is just going to be a girls' weekend. We're going to be there all day Friday to shop before the crowd on Saturday. I have a class with Carol Rhodes, one of the editors of Spinoff. It's called Spinning Camelid Fibers. And then I have, um, that's it. And then I'm going to try to meet up with a bunch of people at noon. And then we'll probably go out that night for some kind of an impromptu party. And then we'll leave early Sunday morning. And so while I'm in Vegas and while I'm there at SAF, I hope to be working on my sleeves. So that is it, you guys. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I tried to have some fun structured blog spot stuff and then I tried to have some fun rambling catch up wake up get back into the groove type of stuff and I hope I didn't talk too fast for you but you know me and I will be back after Vegas and SAP with some kind of a fun podcast talking all about my adventures and sometimes I bring my laptop and I do try to record stuff but um, I don't think I'll get to because I think the microphone will be too hard to travel with, but I will try to record right after SAF so I can give you a fun account of what happened, and if I wound up getting that petite, uh, petite drum carter, and what I buy, and if there is a golding, golding spindle, I plan on getting one of those, so I will be back afterwards to give you a fun update and account on all my fibery goodness and my knitting fun maybe some FOs and whatever trouble I get into with my knitting sisters. Have fun knitting and spinning.